All right, I'm going to do a podcast tonight. Felt like I'd do a podcast instead of a Periscope so I could get some things off of my chest. Um, so tonight we're going to be talking, do a little Super Bowl preview. I'm going to talk a little bit about Padre Twitter and how it fucking sucks. Talk some Padre prospects and stuff like that. So let's start with the Super Bowl preview. You got the Chiefs and the 49ers going to be playing in two weeks. Uh, I'm going to lean so far. I'm going to lean with the uh, 49ers. I think their defensive line will get after Mahomes. I think their running game will be able to control the game. I don't think the Chiefs will be able to stop that running game that Kyle Shanahan has. I mean, it's a it's just a tremendous running game that they have. That it's it's all the scheme. Um Mozart, whatever his name is, I mean, he's he's a pretty good running back, but he's nothing special. You know, you put any running back in their system, they're going to have success. Kyle Shanahan, you know, the son of Mike Shanahan. When Mike Shanahan was in Denver, same system. I mean, it's just, you know, how many running backs were over there in Denver? Mike Anderson, uh, Landis Gary or whatever his name was, uh, Terrell Davis. I mean, they had backs. Whoever went in there got a 1,000 yards. San Francisco now, they put any back in there. I don't even think Telvin, Telvin Coleman's that good. Mozart's pretty good. Um, I would, you know, as far as betting goes, I see Kansas City's favored by one, one and a half or something. I was a little surprised on that. I thought San Francisco would be favored by, I don't know, two, two points or one. I thought San Francisco would be favored. Basically, it's a pick em type of game. But I think San Francisco's front four – you know, with D Ford, Buckner, Armstead, and Bosa, I just feel like they'll get enough sacks. They they could get a few sacks on Mahomes. I don't see Mahomes scoring, you know, thirty five plus points. I mean, Mahomes is by far the best quarterback in the league, and he's by far the best player in the league. I know a lot of people are like Lamar Jackson, Lamar Jackson this, Lamar Jackson that. Lamar Jackson has a long way to go. He's an MVP. He had a great season. I look for him to you know, come back to the pack a little bit next year. I still think he's a good quarterback and everything like that. But I just don't think he's in the class of Mahomes. I mean, Mahomes is going to do this consistently. I think he's put up, I think it was 84 touchdowns the last two seasons. So basically, he's going to average 35-plus touchdowns the next, you know, five, seven seasons. Um, As far as the Chiefs go, you know, I mean, eventually they got to pay Mahomes close to $40 million, whatever he's going to get. And the talent's going to go away. I mean, you're not going to have Tyreek Hill and, and Kelsey-type players. You know, Sammy Watkins. I mean, those are – that's three – well, Sammy Watkins is an elite, but he's a really good number two. I mean, Kelsey is arguably the best tight end. I would take Kittle over him, but, I mean, he's a top three, four tight end. And then Tyreek Hill, I, I believe, is the top four, three receiver. I don't know. You could even argue he's the best receiver because those deep threats open up everything – for those underneath guys, you know, that that opens it up for Kelsey. When you get two burners like Hill and Watkins and then the kid, um, uh, what's his name from Georgia? I'm drawing a blank. Hardman. I mean, you got so many burners that can just go deep. I think that's the new way of the NFL is, is get these receivers that can stretch the field and then it opens and then have a good tight end and it opens it up for them underneath. Um I just don't see Kansas City's defense being able to stop the running game from San Francisco. I think they'll be able to control the clock, control the game. 
and I think, like I said, I think San Francisco's D-line will get a few sacks, put enough pressure on on Mahomes. I mean, he's going up against the number one pass defense. Uh, Richard Sherman's really good. He doesn't travel with people. I know there's some stuff on Twitter right now. Who's better, Revis or Sherman? To me, it's by far, it's Revis. I think Sherman's a Hall of Fame cornerback, one of the best you know, that I've seen, you know, probably a top 10 corner that I've seen. But to say, to say that, um, you know, uh, to say that he's in the Revis Island, I mean, it's like, come on, no, he's not in Revis Island. He's he's really good. He doesn't travel like, you know, Revis did. Revis went after the number one corner or number one receiver, shut him down completely. Re, uh, Sherman doesn't do that. Great corner, though. They play cover three, what have you. Um, their secondary for San Francisco isn't the greatest thing on, you know, in the world. But their number one pass defense because they get the pass rush. They got Bosa, you know, Armstead's really teeing off on people this year. Buckner's still really good, and then D Ford, and then they got Kawan Alexander back. I mean, their defense is really good. So I see the Chiefs scoring. I don't know. I mean, it's hard to hold that team under thirty, but. I can see the Chiefs getting, you know, 27, and then I can see the 49ers getting 31, 34, something like that. Because, But the key for the Chiefs, I think, to win is get up early and force Jimmy Garoppolo to throw. Because Jimmy Garoppolo does not impress me at all. He is an average quarterback. I don't care what anyone says. You could do your quarterback wins bullshit all you fucking want. Tyra... Um, Tannehill for the Titans didn't do shit the first two games of the playoffs. They won. Garoppolo hasn't done shit in two fucking games, and he's going to a Super Bowl. Now I'm hearing how great he is as a quarterback. I see guys on Twitter, oh, Aaron Rodgers got outplayed by Jimmy Garoppolo. Like, what fucking game are people watching? Seriously, I'm so sick of people in on the Twitter just tweeting out shit like, are people watching the fucking games? Jimmy Garoppolo, what did, what did he do better than Aaron Rodgers in that game? Name one thing he did better than him. he carry out his fake better? I mean, Jesus Christ. All he did was hand the ball off. They couldn't stop him. Running back had 160 yards in the first half. They couldn't stop the running game. It's not hard to play quarterback when you just hand the ball off every goddamn time. And then everything feeds off of a play action. He's never in third and sevens and, you know, has to be in the shotgun and make a, you know, a big-time throw, big-boy throw. Mahomes is that, that's ex- Mahomes has to do that his entire career. Doesn't have a running game to rely on. Doesn't have a defense to rely on. Mahomes is just out there just fucking slinging it. You know, Rodgers, Rodgers isn't the same quarterback as he used to be. Like, he's definitely not that. But, I mean, Jesus Christ. Like, people actually think that Jimmy Garoppolo is, like, better than Rodgers now. Because he's going to the Super Bowl and his team won. Yeah, I'm sure if Rodgers switched jerseys with San Francisco, went to San Francisco and Jimmy G went to the Packers, the score would have been, you know, uh, the Packers would have won because they would have had Jimmy G. Get the fuck out of here. Would have had no chance. Would have had no chance in that game. The only reason why I wanted San Francisco, you know, I wanted to bet them. Uh, the seven and a half, the hook kind of got to me. I just was like, ah, I'll just stay away because I felt really good about the Chiefs bet. I won that one. And I'll get into, you know, what's happened with Padre Twitter and Cash Medi lately. I feel like I got to say something. Um, but, it, you know, I kind of... I should have bet San Francisco, but I didn't like the seven and a half. 
So I stayed away. But, I mean, they just killed him. The game had no chance. The reason why it had no chance is because San Francisco's O-line kicked the shit out of Green Bay's, you know, defense. And then San Francisco's D-line kicked the shit out of the Packers' O-line. And the Packers only have one good receiver. They only have one good weapon on offense. I mean, the running back's really good. Um, I mean, he's really good. I like him a lot. Jones. But you got one good receiver that separates. Devontae Adams, I mean, he's one of the better receivers. He's a damn good receiver. He's definitely a one. He separates like no other receiver. Um, You know, like Keenan Allen, guys that get good separation like that. I mean, that's quarterback friendly for sure. But then there's nothing else after that. So it's easy to defend them, and their O-line got their ass kicked. What do you want Rodgers to do? Is is Rodgers what he was three years ago, four years ago? No, I don't think he is. I think he's gotten some injuries. I think he's not the same quarterback as he used to be. Uh, he's getting older. The offensive talent is kind of, you know, depleting. They don't have, you know, all the good receivers that they used to have before. But, uh, I mean... If you think Jimmy Garoppolo is a really good quarterback, so be it, dude. Guys on Twitter are fucking idiots. The guy just hands the ball off, and then people want to come back to me. Well, did you watch the Saints game? Okay, what? He had one good game, or he has a couple good games? Great. Kyle Shanahan is the main reason why that team is good. That's the main reason. And, you know, they kind of, they didn't really tank, but they had a bunch of draft picks that were kind of high, and, you know, you get a Nick Bosa like that, and it's going to change your whole defense. You get Buckner in the top 10. I mean, they wasted a pick on the kid from Stanford, Thomas. But, I mean, if they would have hit on that pick, Jesus Christ. Um, You know, I mean, Armstead's good. Buckner's good. Buckner's really good. I mean, he didn't put up the stats Armstead did. But Armstead probably, you know, benefited from Bosa and Buckner the most, you know, this year. So, I think San Francisco will win. Um I haven't made a bet yet. We'll see. I think Moster, MVP, I would like to know what his odds are because it ain't going to be Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, if Sarah, you know, and I I was trying to say earlier was Kansas City's best chance of winning is get up early and make Jimmy Garoppolo throw because if he has to throw, then I think Kansas City has good enough pass rush. They can maybe force him into an interception or two and they can win the game that way. But I just don't see them being able to stop the run. All right, transitioning to Padre Twitter, and you know, I'm just kind of getting sick of it. It's fucking, you know, I felt like, I mean, I don't know if I should say his name. I mean, I felt like a guy was taking a shot at me. You know, he's making fun of people betting on sports. If he would have just made fun of people betting on sports and didn't put Cash Mensra on it, then I wouldn't have thought it was a shot at me. I thought he would just be saying he doesn't like people betting on sports, which is like the stupidest fucking thing of all time. But since he had to put the hashtag, you know, kind of mocking Cash Medi, well, I felt like he was taking a shot at me. I have placed, I checked it today, because after every year, you know, I put a bookmark on my record you know, after every bet, I put win or loss on Twitter. I have bet 455 bets on Twitter, and I have a winning percentage of 57%. That is like professional stuff. I mean, the professionals are hitting like 55%, 56%. I'm hitting 57% on 455 bets, and I'm not trying to, that's not why I came on here to like give a humble brag or anything, but. 
to make it like as if Padre Twitter is making it like as if you can't win betting on sports and it's the dumbest thing that you can do. Like, oh, everybody loses and, you know, you got Peter and Point Loma. It's a coin flip. It's just 50%, man. You're going to hit 50% or under 50 No, motherfuckers. I know what I'm doing. Just because you fucking dumb fucks don't know what you're doing is not my ba- That's your bad. That ain't my bad, dude. That's your fucking bad. And if you don't want to take advantage of my picks, hey, so be it. I don't care. Don't bet. I'm not forcing I'm not forcing anyone to bet. I'm not telling anyone to bet. I do it for fun for the most of the part. And I do it because I'm having success doing it. I even told Mensra, I told him, hey, it's helped me pay off some bills. The guy comes back to me, dude, you need some serious help if if you think it's paying off some of your bills or you need some serious help if it's paying off. Why do I need serious help if it's paying off some of my bills? Am I talking about like my mortgage? No, it's not paying off my mortgage, you know, but a gas and electric bill. Yeah, it, it could it can pay off something like that. A water bill. Yeah, it could pay off something like that. How is it a problem? It's not illegal. OK, it's legal what I'm doing. I mean, well, technically, probably not because it's overseas stuff. But so what? I mean, I just don't get why why it had to be a problem. You know, and now it's like a bit and you got stupid guys, you know, it's a stupid bit right now. Most of the Padre Twitter bits are fucking lame anyways. Um, these guys just try to tell you, they all try to tell you what you should do and, you know, what political side you should be on and you should, everybody should be against Trump and this and that. If you like Trump, you like Trump. I don't care. If you don't like Trump, I don't fucking care. I don't fucking care. I come on Twitter for sports. Pretty much 95% of it I do for sports. If people want to put their political beliefs on there, what have you. But to tell people that you're wrong on your political beliefs, I think is total bullshit. And I think that's what Padre Twitter does. They get after people that support Trump. Why? What does it fucking matter to you? If someone supports Trump, they support Trump. Who gives a fuck? You know, oh, well, you're a racist. You support Trump. Okay. Well, then I know a bunch of racists because I know a lot of people that support Trump. So I guess I'm a racist. All of them are racist. You know, anyone that supports Trump's a racist. I mean, what the fuck, dude? I don't even really support the guy. I mean, I support him in some things. I support him, you know, in other things. And then I don't support him on other things. I'm in the middle. Okay. I lean right. That's it. But these guys are so like far left and fucking want to tell you that you're wrong. And oh my God, Craig Stammen, he played like in a golf tournament and it was like Trump, like, I don't know, he was either like a golf course of Trump's or something. Like, it's so stupid. It's like, so what? Let him, what does that have to do? Like, is Craig Stammen giving up bombs or not? Who gives a fuck if he likes Trump or doesn't like Trump? Uh, Manny Machado, I, I found out, supports Trump. And now Padre Twitter started not liking him. Or It's just so fucking dumb. Just shut your fucking mouth about shit like that. Don't, I, I just don't get it. Um, shit like that pisses me off. You know, I've been getting DMs for the last like couple months. People are getting tired of Padre Twitter and all that bullshit that they do. And they, they do like another thing too. They always gang up on guys, you know. And they got so many burner accounts, and it's just so stupid. Like, we could disagree on stuff. Like, I disagree with Padre Twitter on Hosmer and Will Myers. I think Will Myers sucks. I think Hosmer's fine. 
Like, is he worth the contract? I mean, I've said it a million times. No, you're not worth the contract, but he sure the fuck isn't what Padre Twitter thinks he is, you know. But that's just a disagreement. I, I don't care about war. I don't care about WRC+. Plus. Maybe that's why I have success in betting and guys like Mensra that all he cares about is WRC+. Plus. Maybe that's why he doesn't bet, and I do, and I actually have success doing it. The proof is in the pudding as far as my betting goes. Um, you know, you do 455 bets over five years or close to five years of betting and you're at 57%. I think you know what you're doing. You know, it's most likely not going to stay at 57%. I'll probably, you know, it'll come down 55, 54%. I don't know, but that's still winning. I just had my worst year and I'm over 54%. That's my worst year and I still won money. Like, but apparently this is the worst idea you could do and you're just wasting money and you should, you know, use it in the stock market. So then, so then someone asked him, okay, well, do you have any stock tips? And he was just like, no, I don't have any stock tips. Oh, so you don't have any tips. You can't tell someone how to make some money, but you're going to tell other people not to listen to, to or to not do what other people are doing and having success doing it. Sports betting is just like any, any gambling. You're going to tell people not to play blackjack too? I mean, the blackjack odds, they, they have the odds on you. I just don't think that Vegas has the odds on me because I'm confident in my knowledge in sports, especially in football, and I only bet football. I mean, I'll you know, occasionally bet a baseball game or I'll occasionally bet some college basketball, but for the most part, you know, all I do is bet football, and I have success at it. I have fun at it. I like to keep track, you know, my record, and I like to get a little cash every month, you know, here and there. So... But as far as going back to like evaluating players in baseball and why I think other people, you know, like, okay, let me give you an example. In sports betting, like football, there's a lot of guys that just use computer numbers. And when I say by computer numbers is they got like success rate and this and that and all these, I don't know. I feel like they're made up stats, made up numbers. And I feel like it's the same thing as war and WRC+. plus. It's like no one knows where they come up, get the number, but they come up with it somehow. And people in football betting will not even watch the game and they'll just use the metrics, the advanced metrics. I don't feel like they have much success doing that, but some of them do, but most don't. A guy like me doesn't use any of those metrics, watches the games, and I evaluate it by watching it. Well, that's how I evaluate Hosmer, Myers, whoever on the Padres. I don't care what War says. I don't care what WRC Plus says. Okay? I look at a player like Hosmer, and everyone crushes him. The guy had 99 RBIs, and everyone tells me, well, 99 RBIs, it doesn't matter. RBIs doesn't matter. Well, I think it does matter. So you could evaluate it and say it doesn't matter. But check this out. With runners in scoring position, Hosmer last year hit 328. His on-base percentage with runners in scoring position was 385. More impressive than those two numbers... He slugged 539 with runners in scoring position. So when he got his hits, he was getting them with people on base, people in, run, in, in runners in scoring position. So that helps the team. Just because someone has a high slugging percentage and they hit a bunch of solo home runs like Framil Reyes 
used to. I mean, I had guys last year that, on Twitter tell me Fermil Reyes is way better than Hosmer, and it's not even close. Why? Because he hits a bunch of solo home runs. I remember he had 27 home runs at one point, 46 RBIs. Like, that doesn't help you win games hitting solo home runs. Going one for five with a solo home run doesn't help you win games, in my opinion. You look at, excuse me, you look at Will Myers. With runners in scoring position last year, he hit 228. His on-base percentage was 327. That's not that bad, 327 on base. I mean, it's kind of embarrassing with runners in scoring position because your numbers should go up with runners in scoring position because they have to pitch to you. Check this one out, though. With runners in scoring position, that motherfucker hit 304 slugging percentage. So all his... All his home runs are solo shots. The guy never hits a, you know, a three-run homer. That's why his RBIs are down. That's why that's why his RBIs are down. And yeah, he doesn't play as much. And that's another thing on Hosmer. If Hosmer didn't play against left-handed pitching like like um Marver said on his last podcast, his war would go up. Well, that's stupid. You know, that that's a it's a dumb metric in my opinion. Like so so if the Padres used him less, he, his war goes up? I mean, uh, that doesn't make sense to me. But it makes sense to me how they figure it out. But it doesn't make sense to me that that's how it should be. I mean, Myers plays against mostly against left-handed pitching. And people on Twitter, Padre Twitter, actually thinks Myers is better than Hosmer. Like, come on, dude. Like, come on. It's not even close, man. It's not even fucking close. Like, I don't know what people are smoking. I get it. Hosmer's contract sucks. It's a terrible contract. Um, I wanted him. So you, you could say I was wrong. I didn't want it for more than six years. I said five, six years. They got to eight. And I said front load it. They did front load it. But if they would have front loaded it five years the same way, and then, you know, last two years wasn't that much or whatever, I don't think it would, we'd be in that bad a situation. But, I mean, it is what it is. I think he'll, I think a lot of Hosmer is he got in a bad habit that teams were pitching around him, especially in 2018. We didn't have anyone in front of him. We didn't have anyone behind him, really, in 2018. I think they pitched around him. He got in bad habits. I think last year, he didn't have anyone hitting behind him again. You know, what was it, Myers most of the time or or uh, Fran Mew or Hunter Renfro? Those guys, none of those guys can hit 240, let alone, you know, be a threat. I mean, yeah, they can hit home runs. All three of them can hit 30-plus home runs, sure. But when runners are in scoring position, those guys don't hit. So I think a lot of times they pitched around Hosmer because they felt like if they walked Hosmer, it wasn't a big deal because Reyes, Renfro, or Myers wouldn't come in the clutch and get big hits. So I think he got in a bad habit that when nobody's on base, he really struggles. But when people are on base, the guy hits. To me, that tells me that if you put someone behind him, then he's going to hit better. So I think the Padres are you know, a good number five hitter away from having a really good offense. Um, I think they're going to, you know, that's another thing. We can go back to the gambling. The, the, some of the win totals coming out, 83, 84 and a half. I think it's a little high. I would probably, if I had to bet, I would lean the lean the under, but I wouldn't bet it, you know, even because I don't want to root for that. But even, I would, you know, if the Lions 
you know, had some ridiculous win total, and I'm like, nah, they're going to suck this year. I would bit the under on stuff like that, like, because then it's a win-win. You know, if you put down like 50 bucks, 100 bucks or something, you know, you you could have a win-win. But as far as the Padres on theirs, I mean, I would lean under, but I could see them winning 85, 87 games. I could see them winning 90. Their bullpen's going to be lights out. I think the starting pitching is going to be pretty good, and uh, the hitting... I mean, if Tatis stays healthy, I mean, look out. You could have two guys. I think Machado's going to have a big year. I wouldn't be surprised if the Padres had two of the top 10, you know, NL MVP guys in Tatis and Machado this year. I think Hosmer's still going to be fine. I bet he hits. I think, you know, the last month and a half really screwed up his numbers. So I think he's going to hit around 280, 285, and hit 25 home runs, driving 110. Um, I don't know why that's a bad thing, driving in runs, but if he has an on-base of 350, I mean, the main thing he needs to do is get the on-base higher, and he needs to play better defense. The defense was terrible last year, and I think that affects his war the most, which, I mean, I don't really care about. As far as the Padres' prospects go to, um, you know, use Gore, Patino, whatever. I mean, those guys are great, and everyone has their opinions on them, and it's all, you know, positive opinions on them. I think more... <coughs> Excuse me. I think Morhan's a guy that Padre Twitter for some reason right now is really low on. I mean, I understand the injury part. I mean, that's a huge concern. But if he throws 100 innings this year, I mean, 100 innings plus, I mean, the kid's 20. He's going to be 21. I think people are giving up on him way too early. And then I think people are pretty low on Ryan Weathers. I think they're too low on him. I mean, I remember Padre Twitter freaking out that they didn't draft Libertor over. Or they drafted Weathers over Libertor. I mean, Libertor's already been traded. He kind of fell in the draft. I mean, there's 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 got to be something up with that. But you know, Padre Twitter, they have the answers to everything. I mean, they were hundred percent positive that Libertor was going to be better. Hundred percent positive, even though they've never seen the two guys pitch. Like it's just hilarious. Um, it's going to be interesting to see what Camposano does this year in Double A. That's going to define him. You know, if you could hit in double A, then you can hit probably in the majors. I think Owen Miller, you know, is a guy to keep an eye on too. That guy, he's got good back control. I like him. Uh, CJ Abrams, we'll see what we got in him. I don't, I don't know much on him. I know people love him and stuff like that, but I haven't really seen him play, so I can't give much on him. But back to Morahan. I mean, Morahan's really good. I mean, in my opinion, as long as he, doesn't get hurt. The injuries obviously is a huge concern, but he's got all the talent. I mean, he's got talent to be a number one pitcher. I think people are giving up way, way too early on that guy. Uh, I, Baez is going to be interesting. I think they're going to try him as a starter. The, I would leave him as a bullpen guy, but it looks like they're going to try him as a starter because you don't get that many relievers. If you because like Baez should be on the in the major leagues. Like he's good enough. He proved himself. I thought enough last year in the in the in the bullpen to have a spot in the bullpen. But they have so many good, you know, relievers this year. You know, they got Pomeranz. They brought Stammen back. They brought. I mean, you got Strom Castillo. Hopefully, he's back this year. They signed that Johnson kid. Um. You know Munoz. Yates, I mean, they they got enough guys to get by in the bullpen where they don't need Baez, 
in my opinion. So I think they're going to use Baez down in the minor leagues as a starter and then bring him up, you know, whenever. So I think they're going to try to stretch him out, put him back as a starter. So I would expect Baez to be to start the season in the minor leagues. I expect Gore to start the season in the minor leagues. And then I would expect Gore by, I don't know, June. I know a lot of people are thinking earlier. They could be right on that. I mean, he could just be, you know, like Chris Paddock and just – his stuff is just too good. He's too polished. He's very, he's very polished. He, you know, he's pretty mature and all that. But I mean, he doesn't have that many games in Double A. I mean, I think he only threw like twenty five innings in Double A or something. Um, so I would like to get more innings in there and go from there. But you know, so I mean, I like Tramil too. Tramil is a guy I really. When that trade happened. At first, I was like, what the fuck are we doing? We're kind of trading a proven guy in Reyes. He was proven as a home run hitter. His defense sucked, and it didn't look like he could hit with runners in scoring positions. Someone told me he did better with the Indians, but the guy was hitting like less than 200 runners in scoring position with the Padres. Um, I mean, he's young, though. I mean, that can come with time, and you can develop that and see more pitches, see what pitchers are doing to you in those situations. But, I mean, he is a DH. I just felt like, well, what are we training this guy for and getting another minor leaguer? It just felt like, why were we doing it? Then when I saw Tramiel play last year and his swing, I was pretty confident in it. And then he just was really struggling. But I was, I still like, it's kind of like you see a guy shooting a jump shot or something. It's just like really good form, really good shot. And it's just not going. But, you know, like eventually those are, those, those are good shots. They're going to start going. Well, Tramiel's swing is so good that... I just felt eventually he's going to start hitting, and he did at the end of the season, and hopefully that translates over to this year. And if he could play center field, that's going to be huge. So if you could go, if you could eventually, I don't know, by the midway point, Tramel come up, and you could go, Fam, Tramel, Tatis, Machado, Hosmer. That's going to be a good five, man, because I, I think Tramel should be a one or a two hitter in your lineup. And the reason why I put Tramiel in the two holes because I would want a left-handed hitter there, you know, uh, go right, left, right, right, left. Um, I mean, that's going to help. That would help a lot. I mean, he's going to be an on-base percentage guy. I mean, he walks a lot. He strikes out a lot, but he'll walk. And then hopefully uh, the Grisham guy has a good year too. I don't know much on him. I I, I got a feeling Milwaukee gave up on him too early because he made an error. In a playoff game, I don't know. If, I was never really high in Luis Urias. That's another thing. You get called a racist. I mean, I got I got called a racist saying I didn't like Luis Urias. Yet Adrian Gonzalez was one of my favorite Padres. So go figure. That's another thing on Padre Twitter, though. They just throw shit out like that. Pisses me off, but whatever. So I'm gonna do I'm gonna do some more of these. You know, just quick podcasts. I'll still do the periscopes, but. Keep following me and, you know, if you like my stuff or you got any ideas what what else I could do. Um, if you want more gambling stuff, NFL, college football, the NFL draft, let me know. I personally like talking about that stuff. I feel like I know most about that type of stuff, but it seems like the audience or followers that I have really like mainly just want Padres shit. So, but I like to talk... 
college football, NFL, and Padres, basically. So, and college basketball, I think Aztecs, I'll get into that maybe the next podcast. All right, fellas, to the next time. Good night now.